This is the Context Podcast, sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. If you've been around the FileMaker community for any number of months, you've for sure run into contributions made by Beverly Voth. She is all around the community. Beverly answers questions in the FileMaker forums community all the time. She has published a book on XML. She's an award winner, presented at DevCon and in Macworld, and has written many blog posts on FileMakerHacks.com. Her path to and through the FileMaker platform is amazing, and she takes time every day to give back in some way. Beverly, like many of us, stumbled into FileMaker. She's had quite a few jobs before that, but has settled on the FileMaker platform. And we are glad that happened, and we are better off because of it. Beverly sits with me today to chat about learning FileMaker, the FileMaker community, her FileMaker mentors, XML, Execute SQL, JavaScript, and a host of other topics. It's a pleasure to hear her talk about the history of FileMaker and the community in general. Her story is fascinating. I have a lot of respect for Beverly and hope to actually meet her in person one day. Hey, welcome, Beverly, to the Context Podcast. How are you today? I'm fine. Oh, it's so good to have you here. I, I Next to the words Context Podcast, Beverly's name, your name is, is mentioned the most in all of the previous episodes, so... I thought it would be a it would be very fitting to have you join us to talk because you have a lot of history in FileMaker and I'm really interested to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, so let's start off by um introducing yourself for the audience. Okay. Um you asked me uh to talk about myself and that's a really hard thing to do, but um, so I came up with a list. I'm a mom. Okay. A grandma. I volunteer for Scouts, which is Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and Red Cross in my spare time. Ha ha. Um, I worked as a plumber at one point, and I like to say I was born with a hammer in my hand because my dad actually built houses. And so, like at age four, I'm learning all this cool stuff. Um, I love music, but I really don't have any talent. So it means I can play the piano but I have no soul and <laughs> so I don't try. <laughs> okay. I do needlework, which is, is the creative side. So it's not all just um, finite stuff. Which, so it's like sewing and tatting lace and crochet uh -huh. and like I say, very creative thinking. Um, I will write poetry when the muse finds me. So it's not all the time. <laughs> and I am absolutely a total geek. I have a t-shirt that has the Greek letters psi and phi on it. So I'm very proud of it. Okay. Uh, and, and I say I like to see patterns everywhere. And I do. Uh, things just, I don't know if it's OCD or if I just pick out patterns. And so that kind of helps. In One sixth grade. I knew that I was going to be a math teacher, which when you told me that's what you were, I said, oh, cool. <laughs> um, or I, I, computers were starting to come in at that point. So I thought, well, maybe that. And then I also took some pre-med classes. But when I figured out that I could just pull the plug on the computer and start over, I said, okay, I got to go here. It's like nice. the rest is just too difficult. Like I can't do that. And then for FileMaker, um, the biggies is I was a past speaker at DevCons, more than one. 
Mm -hmm. I had a booth at DevCon at one point selling a product. Um, FileMaker used to do a booth at Macworld in San Francisco and I think in New York, but this was in San Francisco. I got to be a part of that for one year and they gave me an excellence award, uh, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah, that wow! I did not know a lot of that. Um, that's cool that you were going to be a teacher. Did you teach for a certain number of years? No, no. I no. when I started taking the classes and and I took computer uh, programming classes, I said, "Oh, this is better." <laughs> that okay, very cool. So we do have we have a, a few uh, little connections there, a few shared um, histories a little bit. Um, yeah. So you. You, you kind of stumbled into FileMaker. You mentioned that um, computers were kind of starting up around then. When, when did you actually get into FileMaker and how did you make your way into this platform? Um, well, I did start in programming. Oh, you did? And, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like hidden figures, but years later, oh. that kind of thing, you know. Um, it, but my mom had a business and she had an Apple IIe. So I used BASIC programming and then I used the AppleWorks for her business to help her set that up. Okay. When I... And then she and then she got a Lisa <laughs> of all things, which had Microsoft File and she really hated it. She said, This is terrible. I don't I don't, you know, no way. So I got this floppy disk for FileMaker. But it was before Claris. Okay. Of all things. Okay. So, so I was actually in Silicon Valley when Claris 1.0, as I call it, started up. I mean, I was physically there. And I used to demo um, Mac and Claris software in uh, stores. So it was kind of cool. Claris Works, when it came out, actually was a version of Apple Works, but it had mm-hmm. a database in it. So I, I really say that was my touch on FileMaker databases, even though it wasn't really FileMaker database, was this forethought disk and then the Claris works. But the project that I was working on to demo all this stuff actually used version 2.1 of FileMaker. So I got into it a little bit, learned how the developer there had uh, created it and said, oh, this is really cool. You know, I can do this. So that was my saying, okay, I can be a developer and went on from there. You mentioned Claris works. I, when I was a teacher, I used that to um, create my worksheets and stuff. Uh, yeah. Apple, it was, when I first started teaching, it was Claris works, but then I think it changed to Apple works. And I, yep. then when I moved, it was funny when I moved into, um, I started to use Adobe InDesign to create work, worksheets, so I stopped using Claris Works or Apple Works. But then I started in FileMaker, and I was like, "Wow, this this tool palette or whatever it was back then in in nine and ten and eleven, it looks very familiar, but I don't know where it's from." But FileMaker had the same tool palette that the Apple Works. Um, yes. Remember that yes. the uh, like yes. the page creation program um, had. So they had all those little fills, the the checkerboard fill and the sand fill or whatever. Remember that? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there were similarities with when you used Mac Paint or the Mac Draw okay. 
um, applications, there were like some things that were sort of the same. And I thought, well, that's really good that there's continuity in, in what you're drawing. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by FM Perception. You're working hard and in the zone, writing scripts, defining schema, and building layouts. You stumble on a calculated field you didn't remember defining. Where is it used? Can you delete it? What did your past self intend to do with this field? Well, without breaking your momentum or thought stream, you can turn to FM Perception to tell exactly where that field is used in scripts, on layouts, or in a calculation somewhere. You can find out if it is safe to delete or whether it should be kept. FM Perception is the only real-time developer intelligence tool for FileMaker developers. FM Perception exposes every detail of your FileMaker database structure. You can find out where fields are used, where scripts are used. You can discover every place any script step or any function, including Execute SQL, is used throughout your system. And you can easily see broken references. FM Perception also gives you insight into areas of your system that are a little bit more tricky to find and discover. For example, you can see areas of indirection, all the places you use global variables and those names, and even index indicators, those fields that are indexed intentionally or otherwise. FM Perception's power is in its speed. You don't need to stop and wait for an import to happen before you can get the answers to your FileMaker questions. Simply run an XML database design report and open. Download the 14-day trial of FM Perception and experience yourself real-time developer intelligence. Well, very cool. So you have you have been around FileMaker for a long time. I don't need to get specific on years, but um, you've been around and you, you said you've mentioned you you spoke at some dev cons. Do you remember the your speaking time there? Like what did you speak on? What what do you remember the years, the 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 version, FileMaker versions? I I don't remember the years, but I think it was before the book. So I want to say 2001, 2002. And probably it was, I was really heavy into um, web development at the same time. Mm. So what I spoke about was actually the way that FileMaker can be used for web development. That's with? Very early days, yeah. Is that with IWP? Um, no, at the time, no. Oh, that was even before that, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the CDML, Claris Dynamic Markup Language. Ah, okay, wow. Homepage. Yeah. Okay. So you you spoke at DevCon on on web web using FileMaker as a backend database for a web page. Yes. Okay. Wow. It's 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 pretty fascinating to me that even back in the that time two thousand two thousand one that FileMaker still had the ability or had the ability to um, you know <laughs> push out just beyond its. Uh, beyond its borders into uh, web pages and such. So it's always been part of the platform to um, get out there and, and work with more technologies than just FileMaker itself. Right. Yeah. Well, um, so you were a speaker and in, in recent years, you've actually been um, pretty much all around the, the community. Um, we know you all over the FileMaker community. I think when I was talking with Kevin Frank, he mentioned that you 
have written more blog posts, more guest blog posts on his site than any others. And right. <laughs> it will, and in the, in the FileMaker community itself, you're constantly um, qu uh, answering questions. I'm curious how you learned FileMaker. We'll get into your, your contributions in a bit, but how did you learn FileMaker back then? Okay. Well, it was very helpful to have Kevin post and stuff and John Mark Osborne would post stuff. In the early days of forums, we didn't have the ability to images or attachments or, or any of that stuff. It was all just words and text. Um, so people would have their own websites and say, oh, download this. And then you could provide a link for people to go to. And I would be lost totally without them. And, mm. and Dr. Ray Colligan, too, same thing. It's just beautiful demos, and, and it really helped. And, and what I would do is read everything. I read a lot of books. I, you know, every FileMaker book that came out, probably, I read. I read the guides. I, and when it became online, I read those. Uh, documentation and just read, 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 read. And then once you read it, you say, well, I'm not going to retain that. So to kind of give it a little push, you test. Mm -hmm. So it says the choose function. You go like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you say, okay, I, I get it. They got an example, but you know, I got to test it. And then, so that's the next step is you read it and then you test it. And then the next step after that is then to teach it to someone else and then you really retain that mm -hmm. and so that's what I did a question would come on the forum and I didn't really even know the answer mm -hmm. and I would do a testing and say well oh, yeah that's how it works and then I would explain to somebody else this is how it works and to me that's how I retained what that function was or that script step or you know how to put things together by answering what I discovered and, and reading from other people what they discovered and passing along, oh, John Mark said this, or Ray, Dr. Ray said this, or Kevin said this, or, you know, anybody. And that's it, is sharing what other people knew, too, because I couldn't know it all, and, mm -hmm. and I needed everybody else to kind of contribute to, to what was going on. So, but that's how I learned the best, was I read it, I tested it, and I shared it. It's great to hear you speak of those um, FileMaker um, veterans and, and you mentioned all these people and they still contribute to the FileMaker community. And I think it's yeah, it's great to see so many of you people, that, so many folks that have been around for a long time continue to contribute and learn. How are you continuing to learn FileMaker? Obviously, things have expanded. So are you still reading blog posts? Are you still reading books? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the forums, I think, is really where most of the information is right now. I mean, I learned so much from the, all the geniuses out there. It's like um, they come up with the coolest things. Mm -hmm. And I go, wow, that's really neat. And it's just a little snippet. Every conference I went to was like every session had these little gems in there. You'd say, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they'd say something really, really, really phenomenal. And they just kind of stick. <clears throat> and then from the newbies, too. I mean, I learned stuff from the newbies posting stuff. Then posting the question and asking about it gets me to think about 
you know, what I don't know about the answer. Mm -hmm. And so that helps. And so I read the other answers that people post and go, oh, yeah, I'm still learning. <laughs> it just has to go on. Things change. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's like there's new stuff all the time. So you have to continually be learning. Web development was the same way as that. When I started in Netscape 1.1, it was pretty basic. It was it was nothing compared to now. What you can do. Are you so, are you still working in web development? Uh, just a little bit, not like I used to. Okay. What do you? Just curious. What do you use in your web development? Do you write in? Um, you know, do you do you use Visual Studio Code? Do you use Dreamweaver? What do you use? I had visual. I have Visual Studio Code, but uh, BB Edit is really where I, I do most of my coding because as I'm typing it, uh -huh. I can see what I'm what I'm putting out. BB Edit has a way to kind of preview, okay. but if it's in PHP code or or Python or or any of that stuff, I still can see when as I'm typing the words what it's going to be when it displays. So. I'm just in my mind. I know what it's going to do. Okay. Were those, uh, you mentioned quite a few people there. Are those people, were those people your mentors growing up? Even if they were unofficial, you haven't met them yet kind of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I can say all the books that I read, you know, Bob Bowers and, and uh, on a support group, um, Rich Columbray is like, yeah, these these people were my mentors, even though they didn't officially say they were my mentors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I learned so much from them. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the way to do it, I think. One of the good ways of learning is to find someone, follow them in the community, follow their, if they work somewhere that they write blog posts, follow everything and, and email them, ask them questions and, you know, just take uh, be assertive in, in, in getting a mentor. Um, cause you're, you're right. You can't learn everything by yourself. You've got to really reach out. And a lot of people know a lot of different parts of the platform. I did that with my mentor, Wim DeCourt. Oh sure. yeah. <laughs> um, you may not have liked it at the beginning, but it was, it was good at the end. Um, but yeah, Find someone and, and follow them. I see, I do that a lot on the forums. I suggest that people follow you and, and others to uh, to just read every response that they that they give. So, yeah, Wim will say that I was a mentor for him, but really, I learned as much from him as he did from me. So, it's not a one way street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't just give away and not get back. That's so. That's great. That's great. It's it's great to hear your learning attitude is still alive and strong. You you are, as I recall, you were um, getting into virtual lists in the last couple of years, and you were learning that technique, right? I didn't get it when it first came out. Okay. I didn't understand the concept because I came from this finite world of it's either programming or it's stored database. Mm -hmm. And I didn't put the two together. Okay. And once, once I saw somebody else's demo of it, I go like, Oh, okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> I get it now because I, in reality, I think I would always been doing virtual list kind of stuff. Oh. Um, it's a way of formatting text 
to be um, transmittable somewhere else mm-hmm. that we can then take that text and put it into columns is where the virtual list comes in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why I didn't quite get it at first. Well, I again, I appreciate your <laughs> continued learning in that because it, it speaks it speaks of a generation of FileMaker developers who can choose to just say, you know what, I've been in the platform for 20 plus years, I'm fine. But oh, when, yeah. some, <laughs> when someone like you are, are st- just is saying, I'm still learning and I'm still, you know, not getting something at the beginning, that, that shows hope for us all. And it keeps the platform alive because we just need to keep on learning. So very cool. Okay. So when we hear the name Beverly, we think of uh, two things, especially, at least I do. I think of you when I hear about XML and when I hear about Execute SQL. <laughs> um, did you did you set out to be the expert in those? How did you how did you get to become an expert in those two, at least those two areas? The specializing in these is not really what I do. I always say I specialize in text parsing. Okay. It's all text, okay? And um, I see patterns everywhere. So, of course, you know, text parsing. Uh, And I use, I find the patterns that I use FileMaker functions or programming functions or, you know, the, the... regular expressions in BB Edit or whatever to pull things apart and then put them back together. Sure, of course. So XML is text. Okay. And that's what I said. Oh, man, that's just just a pattern. But it came out of the HTML that I did for web development. Um, They're kind of similar, just a little more specific. And so I said, okay, this is going to be pretty easy to, to pick up. And so I started looking at it. And then FileMaker came out with their themes were in XML. A little different from now, but I said, okay, that's pretty cool. And then I got asked to write a book about it. I said, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I raised my hand, but I did. <laughs> it took me a while. And it was like a dissertation for a doctor. I mean, literally. I poured into everything XML, not just FileMaker, because there was nothing. It was just, you know, the world was starting XML all over, all kinds of books, all kinds of research. And there's just a ton of stuff that I found that had nothing to do with FileMaker, but I researched it anyway. And actually, I made a database to collect all this data to write my book. And it was FileMaker, of course. And there was a version change. I mean, it started out in 5.5 in FileMaker is XML, but the version that came out as 6 was actually improved uh, um, a lot more in the use of, it, of the XML, and the import and the export was the big thing. Oh, suddenly we have another format we can work with that is not the columns, because before it was just the CSV and, and DBF and, you know, it's just columns of data and rows of data. Whereas the XML had a structure that could be varied. And so, um, again, it's just text. And there are calculations you can do 
and the XSLT is just a small processing of being able to get to a particular spot in the XML. So I learned that as well, how to, how to use that, and specifically for FileMaker in the import and export. And then they introduced the XML in web publishing, but I didn't really get into that as much because that's, that's not going to stick around. It's not really where I want to focus. So I'm, as I'm writing this book, I said, I have to make it so that the FileMaker developer will say, I understand it from the FileMaker perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so, so validation, XML needs to be valid to be accurate, to be what you need for whatever, whatever reason, whether it's in FileMaker or not. And so I put in this little chapter or section that said, here's how you validate in FileMaker is you're creating something, you want it to be a number, or you want it to be text, and you want it to be three characters only, or, or something, you know, the standard dialogue. And I said, XML is the same way, it has a validation to it. And so that way, then the user or the reader could, could understand, okay, it's this way because, and here's how we do it in FileMaker, because, and you go like, oh, I get it. It's not just I'm saying XML has to be valid. I'm saying why it has to be valid. Right. So I think that was a big part of, of what I was trying to accomplish in the book. It wasn't just spitting out another XML book. It was, you know, so the developer would kind of get how cool it was. Yeah. FileMaker started using more XML. And I'm like, really look at today how much XML is used within FileMaker internal. And it's, so it's no longer just import export, it's copy paste, it's, you know, so many things. And people are again coming around saying, oh, what is this XML stuff in FileMaker? And I go like, ha ha ha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that. <laughs> but it's different, it's changed. And so I guess we need to kind of keep up with it again. And so that's really where it came from. And I'm kind of lucky that you know, I became the expert. I'm hoping to find somebody to pass it on to mm. at some point in time. I don't want to have to do it anymore, but I will. Uh, mm -hmm. So the sequel then came out of, because I worked as a, as a um, web developer and I had my own servers that were MS SQL and MySQL at a hosting company. And so I really learned SQL for using those, so like creating them and, and using them in various applications. <clears throat> so when the function in FileMaker came along for Execute SQL, I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and of course, the help document is really, really small. Mm -hmm. It tells you what to put in there, but really not any of the details. And a lot of people started saying, what is this and how does this work? And questions came up and other developers uh, contributed a whole bunch of good stuff. So when I wrote the reference for, C for the Execute SQL, it was not really me writing about it as much as was compiling what everybody else said and then me testing absolutely everything to make sure that it worked. That's... Um, what I said and what they said. And it definitely helped that I knew SQL, the rest of the world SQL, when I wrote it. So that's why 
That's 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 impressive. Did did someone ask you to write that missing manual, or are you just no? It? Oh no, no, that came out of my own. That's... What the heck is this thing doing? Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like I wanted to know. There was there was so little documentation and the help and and just little bits and pieces here and there of other people testing different things and and I said I want to know what all can this do, and so. Again, from the XML perspective for the FileMaker developer, I tried to come at it as here's the FileMaker developer perspective of, you know, how are they the same, how are they different kind of thing. Here's what you can do with the execute SQL and nothing more. Sorry, <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't get into details of, uh, you know, how efficient it is, or I just wanted to say simply here's, here's how it works and, you know, your mileage may vary. <laughs> Sorry. Um, That's but awesome. really, because there was nothing out there. I yeah. wanted to write it because I needed to know. And you, you first published that at FileMakerHacks.com? Yes. Since then, there's a PDF of it, which that came through FileMaker Hacks too, right? Or was that a FileMaker yes. thing? Yeah, no, no. Okay. I started the article and I said, this is not going to work. Mm. It's just, it's too long, too complex. I needed to have a sample file. I needed the PDF. So mm -hmm. I say, Kevin, here's the article, but you know, I'm going to fix it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it better. And it became an actual PDF. And then I had somebody in Japan say, I'm going to translate it, which I thought was very, very cool. Mm -hmm. So there's a version in Japanese. That's, that's pretty cool that you saw this function. I remember, I've said this before, but I remember DevCon, 2012 when it had just come out and everybody was amazed at its execute sequels you know flexibility um, I don't remember them talking about performance issues then but they were they were amazed at that but you're right there wasn't much out there in the documentation so I know everybody that I know who works with execute sequel has used your book at one point. Or the other. Yeah. Um, I still refer yeah. to it nowadays. I don't use Execute SQL as much, but um, I I still refer to it when I when I need to look up something. So do I. Yeah, <laughs> I can't rem <laughs> I can't remember something works or doesn't work. So I pull it up again <laughs> and read it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, do you use I'm just do you use Execute SQL a lot in your work? I don't say a lot, but I say I, I do use it for what it's intended. Okay. And that's where you need to make a query on something that's not, that is related, but you really don't want to worry about a relationship. Uh -huh. um, there are a couple of functions that seem to be more conducive to that. And again, it's a text output, so it could be used to create some of these virtual lists. Mm -hmm. It can be used to to create XML if you want. It can be used to create HTML because it's just text output. Yeah. So there's some kind of creative ways to um, take things that are in a database and make it into this structured format that is is not normal. I mean, it's not it's not a built-in function that says, give me EDI. It just says, you know, give me text. And this is kind of a cool way of doing it. That's it. That's a good way to look at um, those functions is text parsings. You know, I'm, you've listened to previous episodes. Todd and I talked about 
concepts of FileMaker. And it seems like text parsing could be a whole nother concept because there's text, you know, text gathering for sure. Um, yes. Text parsing yeah. is would include the XML, the XSL style sheets and so forth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, well, that's, I'm, I'm pretty uh, blown away by the origins of the execute SQL, um, book that you just decided one day to, to write about it. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Is there, I, I think I've asked you this before, but have you seen anything that needs to be added to your book yet? Um, to the SQL guy. Yeah. yeah. I think there, there are new functions, Probably some of the links that were in there are no longer valid. Um, I, you know, I've done some testing of other functions. People would post something and here's how I use it. I go like, oh, that's cool. And I'd add it to my copy of the database. Okay. Uh, And it's not out there. They updated the ability to get the actual error function. Oh, yeah, that's Um, right. Yeah you know, text instead of just this obscure number. Uh-huh. And, and so I've added that to my version of the database, which I haven't posted. Okay. And so I'm thinking, ah, oh, maybe, you know, maybe an update. Right. But uh, it would just be minor, not, you know, not a complete revamp. What parts of the platform are you still learning that you're still not a full expert on and you need to continue to practice and test and read? Um, actually, I'm going to, to answer that, starting with what have I stopped learning Okay. in the platform. Um, I don't do hardware support anymore. And as a developer, some of that was really necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said at some point, you know, I just, I'm not going to support it anymore. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> find an IT person, find somebody that does that. And that's where the community comes in handy. Somebody will say, I need to do this. And I go, well, call so-and-so. And that's great because, you know, there's only so much room in your head. And then the other thing that, that I stopped doing is server setup because that's part of hardware. And again, an IT department needs to do that. It's their servers. And we've got cloud too. And if that's going to be like push a button and it's done, why do I need to worry about having to, you know, set up that FileMaker server? It's somebody did it for me. So I said, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. What I don't also do is I don't worry about creating plugins or SDKs. It's just, again, one more thing. I said, oh, there's lots of people that do that. I'm fine. So that helped yeah. then to, to focus on what I already do and then expand on that. Like curl, I use a little bit in other web development, but not a lot. Um, and I know that's kind of a big thing. But again, with Claris Connect coming along, will we need to learn all of the nuances of um, curl? You know, I, no. I don't know. No. I don't have an answer to that, but... Uh, so it's still kind of like, well, I'm going to wait and see, I, you know, whether I need to. But with the changes in, in XML that are coming along, you know, the save as XML and then hopefully in the future, you know, even more, is there something else I need to learn? And probably there is. And so I'm kind of keeping that open on, on what I might need to learn. Okay. What are you excited about 
as you see the Claris platform growing, um, what do you, what, what's, what's going to be awesome for you to use for the community to use? What's, what, what's going to benefit the platform the most? In your- well, yeah, I think, I think the changes that they're making and you listen to Robert's uh, comments on anything. It's like, you know, why do we have to do it this way mm-hmm. ah. when, you know, it should be easier. It shouldn't be this difficult. You shouldn't have to have to know about this and know about that. It should just be really easy. And so that I think makes me excited. I mean, I don't want web developers have to be coming along and do custom publishing. I like, I like that they've improved the, from instant web publishing to the web direct and, you know, and maybe more in the future. It shouldn't be something you have to learn. Mm -hmm. And so I think for the community at large, it's going to be much better and, and we need to be moving forward toward that. There, there's still going to be a lot of integration. And that's one of the reasons I like FileMaker. And there's still going to be developers that say, oh, you know, I want to roll my own. I want to I wanna learn this and I want to learn that. And that's great. I mean, I think you should. I don't, I don't want to take the new easy stuff coming along to be a reason to stop learning. Mm. I want it, you know. I want I want people to continue to say, oh, you know, we can do JavaScript. Well, let's learn JavaScript, you know, or, or let's let's do custom publishing, web publishing, because it can do things that you can't necessarily do with WebDirect. I mean, it does what it does, and it's great, but it reaches a point where it says, no, I can't do that. So I have to do something else. So you so learn the data API and and use it with Ruby or use it with REST or you know use it with anything. It's just data coming and going. Use it with web development. Use it with exchange of data that's not over the web. It's just the insert from URL where you're you know sending to and receiving from. Um, those are all exciting things that you have to learn. But I do like the fact that some of it's going to be easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think for web developers that need, or for FileMaker developers that need to do integration that to this point have not done that, I think it's going to be much better. That's a good, I think, overall attitude and advice is even though things are getting easier, you can still learn what's behind the scenes. Like we see in the roadmap that we will be able to work a lot easier with JavaScript. And, you know, we're anticipating that that working with the web viewer will be so much simpler and people don't have to learn JavaScript. But that's, hey, if you got some time on your hands, take a look at the language and see what you can do with it because it's not that difficult right. And um, in that case. And you mentioned curl. I <laughs> recently wrote a blog post that says, I don't know how to construct a curl response. I just use our modular FileMaker script right. that does that, right. <laughs> that constructs it. So maybe right. there's a maybe there's a, a case for me going back and looking at it and just learning it, right? Well, again, just so you understand what's happening. Like when I first started learning JavaScript and, and I'd say, you know, how do I make hierarchical menus in JavaScript? Uh-huh. Well, you can find it on the web and it'd give you this nice little formatted, 
you know, structure of, of what, what he wrote to do it. But I would learn it. I would study it and say, well, what did they do to make this work? Hmm. To me, that helped me, again, learn JavaScript better because it was a use case for all these functions that I, you know, studied previously. Yeah. And, and so then you can put that together once you figure out how somebody combined something or extracted something, then your usage of those functions is going to be better. I really... It's going to improve... Yeah, it's going to improve what you know. I mean, if you're just using jQuery to do something, it's great, it's easy, they've got it all built for you, and it's wonderful, and you just have to learn the structure of put this parameter in here. It's great, but if you don't ever dive down into it, and say how the heck they do that then then you know you've you've lost that opportunity to make yourself better in what you do if you do it yourself i really hope yeah that's an interesting i'm i'm stuck on this idea as things get easier to do we have we could have less to learn right but it, but that and that's great because we we solve our clients' problems faster, right? Right. But does that make us less understanding of a developer? You know what I mean? Like we understand what we're doing a little bit less. I I don't think it makes us understand less. I'm I'm saying that if we do take that step to go beyond, which is what I've done with the SQL and XML, if you go beyond that what's there and you study other things and you you um, figure out how somebody else did something it's like looking at somebody else's script hmm. how the heck did they do it or or their custom functions and you look at them it makes you better understand how you can write custom functions if you choose to do so right. you get it you understand the yes where i'm going yep it's it's not that you have to it's not that you aren't efficiently using what you know, but if you bother to take the time to learn a little beyond what you need to know now, then when you come back and you start using, you go like, oh, of course. <laughs> you know, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and it makes you better um, at, at what you're doing. I mean, same way with, with scripting, because I did programming in. And um, I understand the logic of stuff, and, and a client will come to me with, you know, about ten pages of printout of a script, and I take it down to ten lines, and I go, okay, <laughs> you know, because I understood how that all needs to work better, because I looked at other stuff and learned it. Yeah. Okay. And and so that's that's what I'm saying is, and I don't think you have to do that. I mean, the script works fine. Use it the way it works. It's great. I love that FileMaker makes it easy for people to come in there and start doing stuff. But um, if you go that next step and learn, then it improves what you can do. Nice. And that's where the learning comes in. Yeah. Learning how people do their interfaces. Okay. Oh, that is so cool. You know, somebody did this in a slider and buttons and it's like, I would have never thought of that. Mm -hmm but it makes me design better. I'll speak for myself, but there is definitely a, a curve of learning when you're a FileMaker developer. When I was first starting out, 
there was a lot of learning. I was reaching out. I was asking questions. Then I got to a certain point. I was like, hey, I got a good understanding of FileMaker. I know what I'm doing. So yeah. I, I didn't learn as much. And then I got back into the learning and I said, wow, there's a lot that I still don't know. Right? Yeah. I, and me too. Yeah. I've been doing it for a long time, but there's still a lot I don't know. That's why I say newbies will come up to the forum and say something and go like, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, how many years have I been doing this? And I didn't know that. I didn't, it didn't click. It just, it didn't make sense or whatever. It's like the virtual list. It just didn't yeah. set right in my mind for some reason for, for a long time. Those those newbies come with a fresh perspective too, right? Yes. They might yes. they might come with a programming perspective or more of a business case perspective. They might come with I don't know, a javascript perspective in you know, yes. to be specific. Yeah. Music we have a lot of musicians. Musician uh, perspective. Yeah. A so. ton of them. And artists, we have a lot of artists come in and go, of course, you know, <laughs> like so it just makes me better to learn from them. So what you're saying is we should really listen to people who are new to the platform too and see oh, yes. how they're doing things, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the community a little bit. Uh, you have been around the community and everybody sees your post probably 10 times a day at least. I don't know how you do it. I It's part of my job to spend time in the community and I still don't have much as much time. I don't... <laughs> Don't understand how you get get all those posts done, um, but talk to me. I, I'm interested in the community at the beginning, uh, whatever it okay. was. I think people have mentioned email lists and and such. So, from your perspective, Claire, at the beginning, what was the community like, and and how has it changed in the twenty some odd years? Okay, well, there was AOL and CopyServe, and then there were Usenet groups, which was just um, chat back and forth um again all text no images or you know attachments or anything so everything really had to be very focused on here's here's what my problem is okay and very descriptive and then here's my answer <laughs> very descriptive so step one step two step three you know this isn't like throw out a file and do this you had to really explain it um and I think I've been on every forum that ever came around. I mean, there were some private ones even that I was on. And I even hosted a few um, different FileMaker forums. So so it's, it's changed in that um, we now have the visual, which is great. I mean, it helps to have both. Um, I, I don't think it has changed really it's the same. You still get the same questions. You still get um, the the same people contributing some of them, but the same caliber of people contributing the answers um, that, that that you always have. I mean, there's been a changeover of of new people have come along and mm -hmm. become the experts, and and it's just the evolution of the forum. That's interesting. Any forum. That's interesting yeah. that you you said that that the same questions were asked a long time ago as they are now, like basic scripting questions, basic find questions, basic relationship questions. Right. But but that's okay. I mean, because the this 
these people coming into the platform have these questions that are relevant to them right now. I always dislike when someone says, we'll just search for the answer in the forums, right? That yeah. seems very disingenuous because that person who's coming to us is they're not, they're, they want to, they want to get the answer according to their perspective, according to their specific right. problem. Right. And I right. think, you know, other places, I definitely search for questions that I have um, before posting it, but especially somebody new coming in just doesn't even know where and, and could use the helping guiding hand, even if right. that means we answer the same question we did three days ago and 20 years ago, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Their perspective, because they, you can tell them, see this post or, or see this help topic and, and it doesn't, the fields don't match and the mm -hmm. tables yep. don't match. And they go like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand. So you have to say, well, here's the reference, but using your table exactly. and, and your script and your, your layout, then this is how you do it. And so I do the same thing with clients. When I do training, I try to, to stick with the basics that you can get in, you know, the old, old training series and things like that. But when you do it from their files and what they want to do and what their plans are and train them how to use FileMaker, just use it. Not, not even getting into any kind of, developing or layout or any of that just how to actually use what they've got is so much better than mm -hmm. the generic stuff and, and to me to be blunt that defines that separates a teacher from just a person who wants to post right is correct is the one who takes time to answer the questions according to this person's perspective and their particular needs their angle and someone who just says just search for the answer or, you know, here's the reference with, here's the help, help document with no ex further explanation. So, yeah. And you definitely take the time to, to provide the reference. I, you're one of the few people that do that. I appreciate that going, linking directly back to the help guide. Um, but then explaining more beyond just the, the help guide. So, yeah. Um, so in, in a previous episode of the Context Podcast, Rosemary TG from Claris International has said that, that the community is broader than just the, the forums, that they are working to, um, you know, exp to work with the meetup groups, with, you know, Claris Engage and, and other events. Do you, what do you think about the future of the community and, and just where it's headed and, how will people learn from a, a, an expanded universe? Well, I think we always stepped outside of the forums. I mean, we met at the conferences. We met at Macworld when they had it there. We, we met at users groups or would still do and, you know, other gatherings. So there are times when we really physically meet each other. But also... So many forums where it has to be technical. Don't answer any questions that are, have to do with, you know, how are the kids or anything like that. And so you go like, but but I have to know this person, you know, to really understand where they're coming from. And so there was a lot of communication that was email beyond the forums. And, and so we got to know each other really, really well as people. And um, 
so I think that's the community. It's not just helping each other technically. It's getting to know each other. Somebody who does music, you can say, well, I relate to that. And, you know, here's how you do FileMaker based on that, because that's something I understand also, although I personally don't. Mm -hmm. connect the same way they do but same way with clients when you're working with clients if you understand understand something like I did the pre-med stuff so for me to work with a client that does medical stuff I go like oh yeah I understand <laughs> you know what the only is it, it's like I can relate to it and I think that's the same way with the developer community or the community at all at large which is users and developers is that we get to know each other's outside of FileMaker world mm -hmm. as well as their business world. And then when we're working together, we can relate that back to what they know, what they need to know. Let's settle a, let's settle a, a longstanding question I have. Were you at DevCon in 2012 at Miami Beach? No. Okay. I thought I, I met so. you there, but I don't think we've actually met in person, have we? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, what was the last DEF CON you attended? San Francisco. 2000? I don't remember the year. Okay, okay, okay. But um, are you thinking about this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. It would be great. I I, I feel like we would need to get one of those, um, you know, those... Um, carriages that that are hoisted on people's backs and they can they can carry <laughs> no. you in no 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 I, I'm, I'm writing an email to rosemary right now about that no 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 <laughs> yeah it's actually drivable for me this year oh okay so that's, good that's kind of cool yeah i was gonna drive last year and you know life kind of comes up and bites you yeah. and sorry i didn't make it but well, it was um, the last DevCon, but you'll be at the first Claris Engage, so that's always, there. You go. That's always good. I missed the very, very first one when it was in Santa Clara. Okay, you missed that one. I, I, I yeah, I was because I was working on this project, and it's like, well, I don't need FileMaker <laughs> Conference. It's like, you know, I'm I'm in the world. It's like I'm working with these people every day. I don't I don't need it. I'm like, boy, was I stupid. But the second one was in San Jose and I actually lived there. So it was go home and sleep at night. Oh, okay. <laughs> go back every day. And so that was pretty cool. Nice. Wow. I'm every year I wish they would put together at DevCon at the conferences is a history of the platform. Like Yeah. I wish that I could actually play with FileMaker three point one or whatever it was. You know, I've yeah. never I've seen pictures of it, but I've never actually played with those. So yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to try to just build something in in, in those older versions, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I probably have copies of. Them. Do you do any of them run on any of your machines? Um, uh, not on machines. I've got eleven is the the most recent that I can run. Okay. Um, I I'm gonna have to change once I upgrade my computer. I can't run it on there uh -huh. anymore, but. Uh, I still had a few old files and client old files and stuff I needed oh. to keep around. So uh -huh. I said, okay, I'll stay there. But yeah, I do. I have FileMaker Mobile. Wow. I have um, uh, I have developer. I was always developer edition. I always had developer. So I would buy a copy and get one at conference. And then um, I had different server versions. I had uh, 
thought there was a web one too, but I can't remember. But mobile was pretty cool because it worked on the palm. Well, Bev, I uh, this was this was great, and we're coming up on the end of the time, and I respect your your client and family time. So we'll we'll uh, say adieu for now. But I really appreciate you joining me. Uh, this was okay. a lot of fun to uh, to chat, and I'd love to have you on again. We I would love to. We didn't even talk about. Um, Jason, I wish we had um, here. It's text. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, just just an, text. it's just another text that you you can parse. And it's like, oh, of course I, you know, latched onto it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's that's the conversation. It's just text. I Todd says that yeah. all the time too. It's things are just text. So just just work with text, you know, and parse text. So and and, and the next thing is XML being read with with uh, JavaScript. Yeah. Of course. I mean, it's like yeah, of course you can. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on. I appreciate your time. You are um, truly a titan in the community as far as help and contributions and uh, i hope to meet you one day <laughs> actually yeah. probably in nashville this year so that's going to be awesome um but i really thank you for your time you you give a lot of the community and you've you've given a good hour to me right now for for the for our podcast so thank you so much you're welcome and people can follow you on the forums uh what's yes. your username just Beverly. There's a lot of Beverly's in there. So it's the one yeah. that's a Just, defender of the journey, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So everybody, please, if you haven't, follow her. And, you know, the, the format of the forms has changed and that you don't see a response from every person that you follow. But I would really recommend just logging in once in a while and checking out what Bev has written and answered and uh, she'll lead you down some good paths of some good information. So, and and I put stupid stuff out there sometimes too. It's like, how come I didn't drink my coffee first? But I usually get out there and say, "Oops, I didn't. I didn't really mean that." <laughs> yeah, we all do that. I think no one, yeah. no one's going to be perfect all the time. Um, yeah. And you also contribute to FileMaker Hacks too. So we'll yeah, yeah see some see some blog posts on there so and i'll i'll put a link in our notes to all of your blog posts so oh, well thank you bev i appreciate your time and we'll chat later all right all right thanks bye-bye and that brings us to the end of another episode of the context podcast it was such a treat to talk with beverly both today and i'm very thankful to her for her time today and for her contributions in general if you haven't already, please follow her in the FileMaker community. You'll learn a lot. Please take a moment to rate and review us where you're listening right now. And reach out. Email us at support at geistinteractive.com with a general question or a topic idea. Give us a topic and we'll find the best guest to help us understand. Until next week, the Context Podcast is king.